What the hell is a witch? Why have we burned her out in these streets for millennia? Time and time again, she dies and is reborn. She dies and is reborn. She dies and is reborn. And we throw stones at her. We multiply her on Instagram. We try to erase her existence. But what does it even mean? What does being a witch mean? Are you a witch? Or do you not feel good enough to be a witch? Or do you feel too good to be a witch? Better than? Or are you a person who is in the mystical wonder of what could be, what has been, or what should be? Witch, witch, witch. We hear the word all the time, but do we have a fucking clue? Of what it means. What it could mean. Come. I know I have asked you to come on this podcast a lot. But this time. Come to the witch. The witch inside yourself. Come. Let me show you. What I'm saying. When I call myself a witch. Am I evil? I'm a witch? Do I fuck Satan in my witchery? (laughs) Are you scared of me? Are you scared of my breasts? Or my hips? My fat, fat thighs? Are you scared of the witch's body? Or You want to see a witch? Go look in the mirror, baby. But first, let's hold hands. Let's hold hands in a circle. Come. Come with me. And we'll uncover what it means, this witchery. Welcome to Horror Pod. This episode is for the witches and the wonders, baby. What does it mean to be a witch? So many of us are witches, but we're afraid of the 
scary witch word. Oh, I've heard so many people be like, well, I'm really magic and I do ritual, but I'm like, not a witch, you know, not a witch, not me, not I couldn't be. And it's okay. This episode isn't here to convert you. See, witches really don't care about converting anyone. It's not like a team we're trying to build. We're not like a great football team or baseball team. No, witches don't need to convert. They don't need to get more people on their side. But the witch's history has been burnt, stolen at the stake, ripped away. So my guides told me recently, hey, Lacey, it's time for some clarity. It's time for the energy of definition to define. And I don't like defining myself, you know? I like to think definition is something that can constantly flow and evolve. And that's true. However you identify can constantly be redefined, rewoven, expanded upon. Evolution or die, evolve or die, grow, blossom, expand. And every time we expand, our definition will shift. But right now, in this moment, my guide said I must define what the hell I'm flipping talking about when I say I, Lacey Free, am a witch. And you know the other thing? When we start defining who we are, there's magic in that. There's power in that. See, when we define who we are and we get clear about our intention, first we have to define who we are, then we get to define our intention. And once we define our intention, there's this ability, this power, this opportunity to bring boundaries into our definition. So if we're not even defining who we are or our magic feels like this ever-flowing blob of energy, which mine feels like that sometimes, that's great. And cool opportunities and riding the wave can come from that. But what I'm missing is the clear definition. And with the clear definition builds a foundation for my magic. And when you have a foundation built for your magic, it's easier to ground into that reality. Grounding into your reality with your magic enables you to have sort of an anchor so you don't float away in the wind. And the definition allows us to set up boundaries so that our spiritual energy can be protected. See, the Paleolithic times were the time of worshiping the goddess, worshiping the witch, worshiping the woman, and not one ultimate woman like a matriarchy where one woman sits on the top of her hill and demands from the people. No, it was honoring the cycles of life that came from the feminine form, the feminine body the blood 
We're not talking just about gender here, but we do, as witches, worship the vagina, the boobs, the blood, the dirtiness, the chaos, because this is all connected to the cycle of the moon, right? So when you worship the moon, you're worshiping the female form. The period is connected to the moon, the shedding of blood, even just being physically messy or dirty or chaotic is also part of being a witch. It's part of being connected to your power. And you may be saying cleanliness is godliness. Cleanliness is godliness. And that was a way to sort of push aside the feminine form the feminine energy. And the feminine energy resides in men and women. And both of us are degraded and made fun of and put through shame if we express our femininity. Because femininity is mystery. And a society we're sort of taught that a mystery is scary. So, in order to not get our magic siphoned from us, in order to spiritually protect who we are in this car- incarnation right now, a spiritual protection is definition, defining who you are. So you can set up boundaries around that definition so you can set up energetic protection of the magic you do and there isn't one ultimate definition and like I said before our definitions can evolve can grow can blossom but I have been given strict orders from my spirit guides from the galactic beings from the angels from the witches, from the dwarves. They've all told me, bitch, Lacey, it's time you get clear because another witch hunt is coming, unfortunately. And there's going to be a lot of people pivoting from the New Age spiritual movement back to religion, very strict religion. And in that strict religion, people are going to be scared of the witch. And there's a lot of rumors on the street about the witch. So let's get some things clear. What do I say when I am saying I'm a witch? Does that mean I'm worshiping Satan? When I say I'm a witch, does that mean I am doing sex magical rituals with the devil himself, with God's forbidden angel? Am I out here fucking in a back alley with God's forbidden angel? No, not me. Why? Because I don't need to siphon power from the man to have power in my feminine energy. I do not need to take from external energies, such as the devil, to get my power. I do not need to worship Satan 
for my power. Because being a witch is being a magical being, a spirit being who consciously chooses to incarnate in the physical form, who chooses to live out the human experience in a physical body on the physical earth plane. Now, the witch worships the divine feminine within herself and the divine feminine in the external reality. Let's break down what I mean when I'm saying divine feminine. Now, all the magic I believe in, most of the magic I believe in, I can see. I don't think magic is something hidden. The occult means like hidden magic. And I think magic is right in front of our fucking faces. So I don't do traditional occult magic. I do pagan rituals. And I consider myself a pagan earth witch. Okay? And the pagan earth witch worships the energy of the divine feminine. The energy of the divine feminine is represented in the moon. The moon is the mystery, the unknowing. The moon represents the shadows, the darkness, the sun. The sun, the holy one, represents masculine energy, the knowing, the rigidness, the archetype of the father. The moon is the archetype of the mother. The sun, the archetype of the father. Strength, power, heat, anger. Now, when you wake up in the morning and the sun rises, the father rises, it's an energy of coming outside, of getting after the day. The sun is go, the moon is stop. And it's not that one is better than the other, but to me, in my opinion, and again, there's many witches out there. So there are Satanist witches. There's, there's a gazillion, billion different kinds of witches. This is just the kind of witch I am. So you take what resonates with you, leave the rest. But I believe the witch uses the power of the cosmos and integrates that with the power of the earth. Through that integration is an allowance of healing between the earth and the cosmos because there was this great energy of a split. And so the sun is what a lot of religion is based off of. The sun, the holy one. You know, you've heard about the sun a lot in Christianity. And I'm not anti any religion. And you don't have to be anti a religion to be a witch. You don't have to be against anyone to be a witch. In fact, the witch believes we are all in a reflection of each other. That we all come from this one bigger source. And that source, in my opinion is this energy of an, an androgynous god. 
And at first, this god was this an androgynous being that wasn't masculine or feminine, but carried both inside, carried the mother and father inside. And it was in the energy of the void. In this energy of the void, there was a split that happened and the stars became the sun and the moon. And the sun represents the masculine and the moon represents the feminine. But when that came into existence, mythology said, the masculine male gods are part of the sky gods. We are part of the sun. We are a reflection of the sun and we are up high. And you guys are lower than us. And it's said in Greek mythology that the sky gods banished the women, the witches, to the earth and to the underworld, deeming them evil. Evil. The witch is evil. Why? Because she represented something that wasn't knowing. The witch represented the energy of mystery, the energy of nighttime, the energy of sleep, the energy of death, the energy of bleeding, the energy of birth. And like we've said a lot on Horopod, whenever there is birth, there is death. So the female body was this creator of life and death, life and death. And in Greek mythology, they were like, nope. Mm-mm. we're the sky gods, that is evil. And the witches worship the cycle of the moon. They worship the energy of mystery. And there's this sort of belief that the witches are the mother, the energy of the mother. So they're the maiden, the mother, and the crone, depending on which cycle they're in in their life. And it doesn't mean they have to physically be the mother. But they've come to this plane to worship the different cycles. And there's this belief that everything on earth is alive. That everything on earth is carrying energy. And deeper than that, like I believe that Everything on earth, because it's alive, because it's carrying energy, and because we've been sort of orphans in the matrix, each thing that's alive also carries trauma. And there's layers of trauma in the earth that is actually sinking the earth down. Like the earth has been pulled down to the energy of the underworld. And we as witches, are here to integrate with the cycles of the moon, which is still the energy of the sky, to bring healing to the earth through our bodies, through holding space for each other, through holding space for animals, babies. So you may be wondering if you're a witch, like, Am I a witch? Could I be? I haven't read a witch book. I haven't studied with a coven. I don't have a crone witch who is passing down her book of shadows, Lacey. Could I really be a witch? Yes, you could. Because part of the patriarchy and the religions stripped away our history. It colonized and killed so many witches. 
in American history, in European history. So no one or very few of us has actually had the craft passed down, meaning the craft is in our blood, meaning the craft, the code of the craft is in our cellular memory, in our bodies, in our ancestry. And we use magic and ritual to sort of crack the codes, to figure out messages from the craft. Magic comes from the Greek word and the Persian root word magus and magos, which means wise. The word wicca comes from the word wise. And we used to call witches wicca, and they became witches which just means wisdom. And magical ritual is here to help unlock our intuitive wisdom. And witches aren't here to claim to know it all. No, we believe, I believe, I'll be spending eternity, or at least this whole lifetime, doing magic to tap in to the ancient and ancestral wisdom that came before me, to tap into the codes that are written on the earth where we chose to be. See, the witch doesn't claim to have the answers. When you come to me for a reading or a session, I don't claim to have the answers. I claim to hold a space where we can unravel your mystery, to hold the core of your being. So whatever is the true you can express itself to the fullest. Whereas religion says, be in fear, but we have the answers. The earth is magic. It's a spinning rock in space. And space may be the water. Space may be the void. Aliens may be the creatures of the sea that we haven't learned about. But the thing about witches is we don't have the ultimate knowing and we don't claim to have the ultimate knowing. We claim to have some wisdom and we hold and respect and honor that wisdom. But that wisdom comes from doing the ritual, comes from magic. And you might think, well, how the heck do I do ritual? How do I do magic? Well, you can get a witch book and they can give you tips and tricks on how to do ritual. And I've done that for people. But really, ritual is an intuitive dance of feeling in the body. Ritual is an intuitive dance of feeling in the body. And in ritual, we use the elements of the earth, being air, fire, water, earth, um, metal, and spirit. And we use these different elements because each element represents a different part of magic. 
So air represents courage, bravery, and it's encouraging, like the wind beneath my wings. That's the energy of encouragement, of bravery, of helping you fly, levitate, lift up. Fire. Fire represents creative energy, manifestation, inspiration, um, sexual energy, rage, protection, um, life force energy. Fire is very life force energy. Water and fire, again, so the sun, right? So fire is connected to the sun, so it's like the masculine energy. And water is the, the feminine energy. It's the energy of emotions and healing and feeling. Chaos, the deep, dark waters. Um, and then earth is an energy of like grounded, rooted trauma, healing, neutralizing like some a lot of a witch's magic is to neutralize Ooh. to balance in the earth and calling upon the earth in ritual can help aid or facilitate this energy of like neutralizing spell neutralizing harm and then the witch uses the element of the spirit so this is like the crown chakra up above and this is like the energy of guidance of the gods and the fae and the elves and the dwarfs. And so these elements and metal, I always put metal in and I think it's like my biasy because I'm a dwarf. Steel, I come from steel workers. And that's like an energy of protection, of shape-shifting. And like of harm, like metal can be very harming too. heavy metals. Um, our whole world changed when we started incorporating metal. So one day I'm going to do an episode called heavy metal and just talk about the magic and the poison of metals. But metal can be very good for protection, spell work. Part of being a witch right now is unlocking and recoding, rewiring that energy of shame around the feminine. And through ritual, we can learn codes to help recode this toxic programming that has the matrix siphoning from our magic. The moon represents the energy of the body, of feeling. The sun represents the energy of the mind, the mental. And when you do spell, you call, at least I, you draw in the energy of the mental, the sun. You draw in the energy of the moon. Not this or that, both. Both. But a deeper reverence and holding of the feminine because she has been wounded. The earth has been wounded. And as a witch, I am a servant to mending the wounds. As a witch, I am a servant. We have been taught that the servant is lowly, 
less than, weaker, not as cool, not as regal, not as rich. The servant is lowly. But I want you to know that the servant is holy. The servant is holy through service is ecstasy. When we serve another, we are serving ourselves. When we serve the earth, we are reprogramming the trauma. When we are getting our hands in the dirt, we are bringing minerals to our body, to our brain. We're sending endorphins to our brain. So literally, do you hear that? When you go outside and you play in the dirt, you put your hands in the dirt, you're bringing healing to the body and to the feminine, but literally that sends endorphins to your brain, which is the mental, the masculine. And they're even just in that simple ritual of putting your hands in the dirt, there's this integration between the masculine and the feminine happening in real time. Does that make sense? Is that wild or not? Like That is wild to me. So that is ritual. And the witch is a servant to her community. So the witch is very internal because she is the moon. And the moon is like we go to sleep. We go inside. We shut the door. So the witch always should know how to shut the door from outside energy. The witch shouldn't be afraid to go inside. The witch shouldn't be afraid of the dark. And the dark is what... What is the dark? The dark is all of our shadows coming together. The dark is the shadows. And the witch can hold space for the shadows without running away, without trying to change them, without spiritually bypassing them, without telling someone to have hope and to get over it or to do this instead. The witch can sit in the darkness because she has already sat in the darkness with herself. And this is a lifelong practice. The craft is a practice. The craft is a practice. It's never, oh, I got it, now I'm good. Or I've heard people say, well, I don't need to do ritual. Like, I don't need to do all of that. I'm already magic. But all of that, when you're invoking the elements, when you're giving offering to the spirit or to the ancestor, that is part of the respect and the responsibility and the learning of the craft. So, and you get to decide that, right? Like there's no, there's not one coven group. There's not one witch. And a lot of us have all been separated from each other. So you may be listening. You're like, I don't have a fucking coven at all. There's no coven around me. I'm alone. I'm a cat lady witch. That's okay. That's okay. Because it's inside of you. And by going inside of yourself, you get to decide what is respect. You and your ancestors, you and your guides get to decide what your offering to the spirit realm is. And as a channel, and witches are channels, 
Like I see myself as just like a channel and it's not like right or wrong or good or bad. Sometimes I'm sure my channel gets a little staticky or fuzzy and sometimes it feels like really clear. But part of my responsibility in that is taking care of my vessel. And I don't always do a good job of it. And trauma and the matrix has taught me to like hate my body, to hate myself, to feel ugly, to feel gross, to feel like not moving. And the witch is saying like, part of my magic is responsibility to my vessel. The vessel being the earth, the vessel being my body, because it represents the feminine. Even if you have a penis, but you're tapped into the divine feminine, your vessel represents this plane of where your ultimate spirit is choosing to experience and live right now. Witches are healers who use magic to draw upon a person's own healing power. And with words and channeling that person's spirit guides and different timelines, witches can help bring the fractioned version of a person into the present. So a lot of religion tells you to fear hell and to hope for heaven. And that really rips you out of your present energy. Magic comes from the present moment, like doing spell work and trying to accomplish something through spell requires one to be in the present. And a witch doesn't, isn't this like, ooh, spiritual person who's in the constant in between. A witch doesn't live in this ultimate white light psychedelic energy all the time. A witch very much is connected to the human experience of suffering, of bleeding, of dying, of death, of being reborn. And a lot of witches want to help people ground down to the earth, which means grounding down to the human experience. Witches represent all that represents the cycles of life. And if you're someone who's like been called to work in the service industry, if you've been a waiter or a waitress or a caretaker or someone who's worked at weddings or funerals or you've been really called to death and birth, like you may be a witch because that's this intuitive drive to hold energy for the community. Sex work is a huge part of being a witch. And a lot of witches are sex workers because sex comes from the energy of creation, the sacral chakra, creativity. When we are creative, we are channels. And if we are not okay with who we are sexually or we have a lot of our sexual trauma showing up as blocks in who we are sexually, it's really hard for us to create new forms of life. And that could be literal life, like having a baby. That can be your art projects. That could be starting a business. That could be building like 
anything on land or cultivating or nurturing land that's all coming from this same place of the sacral, the root chakra, which is our sexual energy. So it doesn't necessarily mean who we're fucking at night. It's that creative power. So the witch is very comfortable with creation and with destruction. And that's where she gets scary, right? Ooh, destruction, scary. Even though like we watch movies where there's violence, we're like afraid of our own destruction. And ultimately we've been afraid of our own emotions and afraid of the ocean. The ocean represents our emotion. And we've been taught that if we feel a state of emotion, we will be stuck there. But there's always motion and emotion. So we've been tricked to believe that, oh, if I get sad, I'm going to be sad forever. So you're just constantly stuffing it down, stuffing it down, making it stagnant. But the witch is saying, no, go into it. Feel it. Be it. Taste it. And once you taste that sadness, it moves. Once you really feel that sadness, there will be motion in it. That doesn't mean it just comes up and out and you released it. Released it. Release. I fucking hate when people tell me to release. I came here to hold. I've had a death grip since I was born. And spirituality is like, what can you let go of? What can you release? And it's like, I've been trying to release, bitch. And you're just telling me to let go of things? No. No, we don't just let go, but we can allow motion to happen. But that's scary because waves come up, tsunamis sometimes. Sometimes there's like an added pouring of rain or angry lightning that comes when we start letting our emotion move. But if we don't let it move, it becomes stagnant. So there's also been a lot of hate around witches because they know this energy of like moving emotion, moving energy around. And so a witch can make you feel a lot. And in a society where we've been taught that feeling is bad, having someone come in the room who makes everyone feel a lot can be, a, can be intense can be aggravating and so there's some signs where you may be a witch and just don't fully know it one sign is what is the work you've been drawn to have you been drawn to work where you're in service because the witch is ultimately a servant the definition of a birth doula is like a servant for women So again, it's going back to like defining ourselves so we can put boundaries around it. Ultimately, the goal for me as a witch is to be in holy service to the divine feminine in all of us. So that's one way, that energy of wanting to be in service. That's one way you may know you're a witch. The other way Um, is if you just like invoke a lot of feeling in people and you don't even really know why, like people just have like a strong visceral reaction when you walk into a room, like people might get more angry or people just might start unloading their trauma on you or people might just 
be more emotional when you're around or they might have um like they might giggle more or laugh more in your presence or you seem to just bring out the fucking shadow in people like if there was an edge of tension that people were trying to hush you know like you can probably feel this a lot around the holidays is this energy of oh there's tension in this family but we all have like hushed it we've swept it under the rug a little and so we can have a good thanksgiving or a good christmas and the witch will come in and that tension is just like brought to the surface and she doesn't even necessarily mean for that to happen it's because that like old emotion we've stuffed down the witch creates motion you know and you see this in movies when witches are depicted there will be like big circles of dust or she'll be like levitating or things will start levitating when the witch comes around and that's a symbol of like motion so the witch enters the room and then energy starts increasing in motion emotions come up and then the witch often gets blamed like like when I go to my families, they all like, they're like, yeah, we're all good. We all get along. Everything's cheery and great. And just my existence will sort of rattle the cage of the room. And then truth starts seeping out. And I don't even intend for this to happen on a conscious level. I'm like, I'm just trying to get some mashed potatoes, you know? Like, I want some dark chocolate. I want some pumpkin bread. And it's like all this motion, all this real emotion comes out. So witches are catalysts for what's been hidden. Witches are catalysts for what's been hidden. And what's been hidden for the matrix to thrive is a lot of our true feeling and emotion. And because witches are catalysts for feeling and emotion, it's also really good for spell. Because when we have strong emotions, um, we can move things with our mind. When we have strong emotions, that's an enhancer for our superpowers. That's a way to energetically connect to the collective. And you see this in movies also. I've said this in other episodes. But like when someone gets really angry in the forest oh it's like a big emotion rising up then the lightning strikes and then the whole town goes on fire you know and it's because that emotion um heightens and enhances our natural superpowers and during predictive programming and tv and movies there's a beautiful display of that of showing like big emotion equates to like big powers and it's true And part of like numbing us down and creating stagnant energy is stuffing down our own powers so that we give our power away. So we don't realize, so we stay asleep to the fact that we're psychic or that we can create or we can destroy. Um, Also like people who are very drawn to work with animals, animal communicators, these are can be great indications that you're a witch. You don't have to be a reader in a cloak. You don't have to be a tarot reader in a cloak to be a witch. Some of the greatest witches are the ones who are hidden in society. And a lot of witches do choose to hide because there's still a residual pain of the witch wound. So it's okay if that's you too. 
Um, witches are feared because of this energy of the saying, today is a good day to die. Witches aren't afraid of death. And that makes them scary. Because a, a lot of religions control us by our fear of death. So when 2020 happened, a lot of big companies made a lot of money because people were afraid to die. People were afraid to get sick. And people were afraid to get sick because they might die. Instead of teaching people about death, instead of teaching people about rebirth, we've taught people to be very scared of dying and that they can go to hell or heaven. And by that, we've manipulated people out of money. We've manipulated them for their magic. We've manipulated them for their life force energy. But the witch knows that every death sets us up for birth. And the witch is very big into symbols. And that death and birth are part of a greater symbol of us all being connected to each other and connected to the earth and the cosmos. And the witch knows that. So even our new year is Samhain. And Samhain is what America calls Halloween. But that's the witch's new year. And the witch's new year comes during the time of death. Like we we know that when anything starts new, there will be big death. You can't have the blessings of the new without losing, without death, without some sort of sacrifice. And that doesn't mean like we're out here sacrificing animals or children. No, that's like hocus pocus. That's what these Hollywood companies have sort of um, co-opted what the witch does through sacrifice. We all sacrifice when we tap into new energy. So for example, if you are got a new job or you're moving across state lines, you are going to be sacrificing part of yourself to enter a new reality. Parts of you will die at first before the blessings come of this new opportunity. Every time you get a new opportunity, something in you is being sacrificed. And Halloween and Samhain is the time the veil is then where spirits come that have been sacrificed or have died before and parts of ourself that have died, old timelines of the versions of ourself. It's a way to connect to those old timelines before stepping in to the new year. And Yule, Yuletide, also known as Christmas, Christmas was co-opted from Yuletide. And I have a Yule episode for Horpod. Sex Magic Yule is like calling the light back in. That's calling in the energy of the sun after the energy of the death. After Samhain, we start calling back in the light to prepare for the rebirth of spring. And these are all pagan holidays as part of the earth ritual. It's all connected to the wheel of the year, which is pagan holidays that represent birth and death on this plane. And because we're constantly celebrating birth and death, 
we don't have to be afraid of death. Not that witches don't get afraid, but it's like the overarching belief is that nature dies. Humans die. We are reborn. Nature dies. It's reborn. We die. We're reborn. How that energy shows up in the rebirth, we don't know. We can only hope for. But one thing I want to be very specific about is me as a witch, I'm not godless. I pray. I believe. I'm not godless. I represent the god is. And by representing the god is, by praying to the god is, I represent and pray to the god too. Because they started off as one. And you can't really have the sun without the moon and the moon without the sun. And they are reflections of each other, even though they're also opposite. But they're amazing supports for each other too. So that's why as a witch, I'm not like, fuck the masculine, fuck men. I'm like, no, we must hold the men. Even in their toxic masculinity, we must love them. Love is the ultimate protection energy. New age spirituality has like bypassed what love really is. And to me, love is being able to sit with someone in all of their darkness. To hold space for all of their shadows. Even if they're the worst person ever. Even if they're a monster. Real love is sitting with someone and accepting them for who they are. Real love is not trying to change or manipulate or fix another person. Did you hear that, Lacey? Real love is not trying to fix or change another person. I'm just learning this myself. See, the witch really isn't a a teacher. The witch is a constant student of life. The witch continuously absorbs magic around her, observes and absorbs. So I don't have all answers. I'm just here learning the codes. So don't feel like you can't be a witch if you don't like know. Because remember, knowing is the sun. The sun is the energy of facts, of proof. The witch doesn't need to prove her magic to you. The witch surrenders to ultimate wonder. The witch surrenders to ultimate mystery. The witches believe that there's a biological process and a spiritual process and divine meaning in every natural thing that exists. And there is a cult magic who does bad things with it. There are Satanist witch witches. I just don't personally know them. Or really know anything about it. And I don't really care to. Because right, I'm in the belief of the mystery. The study. Not that's wrong. This is right. That's wrong. This is right. The energy of the hunter. Is the energy of the horns. The animal. And the hunter. And the witches. I don't know who figured it out first. But the witches would help the hunter. Skin the animals. And they would use the bones of the animals as protection. There's a lot of witches who still do this, like the bones of elk as protection. And the hunter knew to wear the head of the animal 
on their head to wear the skin of the animal. And indigenous cultures probably taught everyone this, but by wearing the skin of the animal, wearing the horns as the predator, the, so the hunter is the predator to the animals. And the hunter would dress in skin and horns to get closer to its prey. And the witches would support this in the hunters so that they can bring back food. But I feel like there's such a interesting metaphor here. And it's nature teaches us everything. And be mindful of the predators around you right now. Because the best predators, as the hunters and witches and indigenous people showed us, the best predators are the ones who can dress up as their prey who can act like their prey. So we're taught that predators are this big, scary thing that look or act different than us. We're taught to be afraid of the enemy that's so far outside of who we are. But the truth is the predator, the person who can actually hurt you, usually is wearing your horns is usually dressing like you or acting like you or in your family or in your circle. And it's not to say that to like be afraid of your circle, but it's just a little antidote of awareness that the predator usually isn't something that's so alien or outside of us. Because even the best hunters in the world know the only way to kill the prey is to pretend to be the prey yourself. The witches don't lose the childlike wonder in their own bodies. Like the witches always have this feeling that there is more to express than words can express. This childlike playful innocence. A lot of ritual and spell is play. It's playful. You might know you're a witch that like if you were a kid you you carried a lot of childlike wonder. Like you believed in fairies or mystics or you were just naturally doing ritual or spells with your brothers or sisters or neighbors. If you watch kids, they're naturally doing ritual in nature. They're gathering crystals, rocks. They're stacking them. They chant. They dance. They howl. They... They work with nature. If you let kids play outside, they will do ritual of honoring the earth around them. They will naturally talk to the spirit guides that surround them. And the witches are constantly absorbing magic and they don't always have the right words, the right language to describe what they're observing and absorbing Because magic isn't really like it's codes, it's energy. It's not really like sentences or paragraphs. So that's why you'll see with a lot of witches, they do chanting. Witches do singing in circles, poetry, dancing around, sound healing, drumming. And this is all a chance to express all the magic that their bodies have been absorbing in the physical form. And this is a channel to let it out. And this channeling can sort of create its own portals 
Ritual comes from codes of the unconscious, meaning you may be on a walk. And on this walk, you might have this like intuitive feeling to pick up a feather. This has happened to me before. I'm on a walk, I have this intuitive feeling to pick up a feather. And then I get home and I'm like, hmm, what do I do next? What happens next? And then I got this feeling, okay, I'm going to put the feather in this bowl of water. Okay, that's weird. Now I'm going to put this bowl of water on the shelf and I'm going to pray into it. And then I'm going to leave it and I'm going to let it sit. Or I might even take that bowl and let it be under the full moon. This is a perfect ritual. Why is this a perfect ritual? Well, I wouldn't say it's perfect. It's more perfect if there's intention behind it. You always want intention behind your ritual. Um, But sometimes the intention can come afterwards. So I was intuitively guided to do that. And then I had to tap into what the intention was afterwards. So sometimes the intention becomes before a ritual and sometimes it comes after. It's okay. Either is fine. But the feather represents the energy of the bird. The bird represents what element? The air. And what does the air represent? Courage, bravery. So I took that courage and bravery of the feather and I put it in a bowl of water. What does water represent? Water represents emotions, the sea, feeling. And then I spoke into the water with the feather in it. And then afterwards I realized, oh, okay, this makes sense. I was afraid to feel. There was something going on in my life. And I was afraid to like feel into it and feel about it and feel what was happening with this person. Because I just wanted everything to be hunky-dory, a-okay. I didn't really want to feel my true feelings and tap into the intuition of what was happening between me and another. But then when I put the feather in the water, I'm like, oh, the feather represents air, which is the courage and bravery, and water represents the emotions. And I wasn't being courageous to feel my own emotions. But because my emotions were then held in a bowl, the bowl is a symbol for holding the water. Like my, my emotions were held in and then I spoke over the water with my words. The words connected to the throat chakra and my throat chakra was very blocked, very much blocked when it came to expressing. So the feather and the air gave this sort of permission to express, to unlock my throat, courage to feel my emotions. There's so much to being a witch. And babies, darlings, fellow witches, sweet wanderers, this is just the tip of the iceberg. But we've crucified the sexiness of the witch. We've crucified, oh, that's the other part. Like, if you've been called to sex work, you may be a witch. Because sex work is deeply part of the cycle of life. 
so many sex workers are energy healers, sexual healers. Every time we have sex, it is energy work, whether you're a sex worker or not. There is no such thing as casual sex because sex is an energy exchange, a swapping of DNA. And it's, it's sexually healing or harming. So there's no casual part of sex. That doesn't mean you have to be committed to everyone you fuck. And that doesn't mean you can't fuck a lot of people. Fuck as many people as you want. But no, even if you don't talk to them the next day, that doesn't mean it was casual. You just did spirit work with that person. Negative, positive, only you know. But it was spirit work. It was healing or harming in ways. And the witch represents that in the physical form. That's sex magic. And it's said that the Salem witch trials, that most of the women who were hung or burned at the stake had to do with sex or being single. I think like 95% of the women who were burnt at the stake were single women or widowed women or women who chose not to marry. And that is because then they were sexually free and they got burnt for that. They got murdered for that because someone who is free in their sexual power is a threat to those who are trying to control through fear. Someone who is free in their sexual power is a threat to those who are trying to control via fear. We who carry the witch wound, we who carry sexual trauma, may not feel free in our sexual bodies, in our physical bodies. But if we have an inkling of magic, an inkling of knowing our psychic powers, our intuition, an inkling of being connected to the moon, or if we have a sense that we may be a witch, don't feel like you have to know everything. Don't feel like some high priestess must take her wand and tap you on the forehead three times before you too can become a witch. No, that's in your blood. That's in your cells. And even if you carry that sexual trauma and you don't feel connected to your sexual power, that's okay. Because if you have an inkling, mustard seed of hope, all you need is a tiny speck of, of wonder. And that wonder will lead to an understanding of your magic surrendering to the mystery of you and an honoring and a worship of yourself. You might be afraid of the witch word or you might not feel good enough to be a witch or maybe you feel like you haven't read enough witch books or went to your local witch college. But I want you to know no matter who you are, no matter what's happened to you, if you have the sense 
of the mystery. If you feel the connection to the moon and you want to dance with the energy of the sun, with the energy of the divine feminine, you too may be a witch. And you're the only one who gets to say whether or not you step into that power. But you don't have to be afraid of your power. Capitalism teaches us we're all orphans. But the witch teaches us the mother and father is inside. And so is the child. And we are all. The witch is the power. The sex magic. The witch is me. And the witch may be you. On my Patreon, we're going to do um, a collective gathering on just different symbols that come up with the witch in December and in January. So we're going to talk about the pentacle and all the symbolism around that. We're also going to do on the Patreon how to build our own altar and ground our magic I also love the Patreon for just getting on there and like sharing my latest downloads that my guides are waking me up about in the middle of the night. And it's a place for us to gather as magic beings. And it's, it's okay if you don't consider yourself a witch. You can still be a part of it. Remember, magic is just wisdom. And no one person has all the wisdom. We're just trying to unlock the codes together. Blessed be witches, blessed be wonders. You can join the Patreon by going to Lacey F Patreon slash Lacey Free, or you can book a session with me at LaceyFree.com, or you can find me on Instagram, my new Instagram, at LaceyIsFreeFree. Blessed be witches. Mwah. Who are the witches? Where do they come from? Maybe your great-great-grandmother was one. Witches are wise, wise women, they say. And each and every one of us are witches today.